Welcome to the Franchise Show 247 podcast, the home of franchising news and advice. Listen as we chat to industry leaders about the topics that are facing franchisees today and discover more about the world of franchising. So welcome to Franchise Show 24-7 Virtual Community Platform. Today on the Coffee Chat, I have got Steve Thompson from uh, Darwin Gray. Um, we have spoken a number of times before and also had coffee chats. So it's lovely to welcome you back. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, Katie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, it's uh, it's you know been a very busy week, um, but uh, can't complain. Um, one of the questions I was on my mind and wanted to ask you in particular is, how do franchisors and you know in franchisees how do they keep their documents in order, and and what's the best way to do that, and and also what's is there a right time to kind of do your admin bits, etc. Is there any help that you can give us all? Well, I think, um, I mean, at the moment, obviously, we're in the middle of a bit of an economic crisis. And certainly from the people I know in the industry, the, the volume of uh, resales of franchises and new sales are, are on the lower side. So it's not massively active at the moment. And I think I think that's a good opportunity, particularly for franchisors, just to make sure that your house is in order documents wise. Certainly, I think over the last two or three years, particularly during COVID, there's been a fair amount of disputes coming out of the, uh, the franchise world okay. um, for various reasons. I guess when there's pressure on business uh, and things aren't performing as, as people might like, everybody's looking for somebody to blame. And I think there's been certainly a fair number of disputes coming through. And I think there's been more of an inclination, certainly over the last few years, for um, for, for disgruntled franchisees to seek legal advice and to get a franchise lawyer who will then go on the attack uh, with the franchisor looking for uh, opportunities to pick holes in the documentation. So where a franchisor maybe 10 years ago had the usual 50-page agreements and felt quite comfortable about the fact that their position is protected, I think they need to be careful because what happens sometimes is that, um, first of all, um, franchisors uh, don't necessarily understand what's in their franchise agreement. Say they've had it drafted five years earlier and maybe they didn't even understand what was in it at the time because it's a long agreement and mm. a lot, not all lawyers explain to their clients exactly what's in their own agreement. So I think it's important for franchisors to understand what's in their own agreement and also to review them because things change. They will have had experiences along the way that they can maybe incorporate into the new agreement. I mean, you can't impose a new franchise agreement on an existing franchisee, but what you can do is you can make a change when it comes to renewal and also with new franchisees. So there's an opportunity there for the franchisor to get their lawyers to update the agreement because there have been a few legal changes. There's mm -hmm. been uh, a legal case which has called into question the validity and enforceability of restrictive covenants. So there are certain things that need to be looked at. And also, um, if you have... Um, particularly with regards to a franchise information memorandum. If you have a FIM that you give to prospective franchisees or any other material, any more sort of um, sales material, I think you really have to make sure that that's all spot on. And again, you need to update it because you might have made some claims a few years ago and you've got a thousand of these documents printed. You're still handing them out to people. Yeah. And then only to find that if somebody scrutinizes it, actually some of the information in there is incorrect yeah so that will give a foothold 
for a franchisee's lawyer to maybe uh, have a pop and try and get some sort of claim off the ground. So it's it's really important that the franchisors regularly check their marketing material and their thing that they've got one. And also probably every, maybe every five years or maybe every three years, certainly every five, get the franchise agreements looked at. Make sure that they understand what's in them and make sure that they correctly reflect what's going on. Because a little trap that people fall into is that they will quite often, if they've got a franchise or as an existing company, they'll quite often start up a new company and then they'll franchise out of that because they'd obviously want to protect their intellectual property. Yes. So, um, but if that's not reflected correctly in the documents, then that can sometimes cause a problem as well. Mm. I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, obviously, you know, as franchisors, you've got that, you know, the manual and everything like that. But you say, I mean, it's quite hard to understand all of it, you know, and, and, and that's where obviously you guys come in and help and, 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 and set that in place. But, um, you know, there's a lot to think about. And I think, you know, I think you're right. You know, when it's in lower, you know, lower sales times, it's it's good to get your admin, you know, all in place and sorted. Um, and, and, and like you say, reflect on things and say, well, actually, that just needs to be implemented or that needs to be changed, etc. And um, in terms of the franchisee, do they do they have to have you know take responsibility as well and and work with the franchisor or is it solely for the franchisor and that's their responsibility to then implement those changes across those documents as well? So generally speaking, it's within the franchisor's gift to make any changes. I mean, they can't really change the agreement, but obviously the franchisor may want well to change the operations manual. Mm. and make changes to the system but that's more for the franchise or uh, to do the franchisee really i mean their job is is to is to really operate the business in the best way they can in accordance with the system so mm. there's not a huge responsibility on them as far as the sort of key documents are concerned but having said that they will have responsibilities under the franchise agreement to keep records <coughs> accounting records sales records that kind of thing and it's really in everybody's interest to make sure that everything's done in the right way. I mean, what I find quite interesting is a lot of franchisors will have certain rights, or most franchisors will have certain rights under the franchise agreement, particularly in relation to accounting information. Many of those don't actually exercise their rights. And this is goes back to the point you made earlier about the fact that a lot of franchisors don't fully appreciate and understand what their rights are under the agreement. They may have rights to regular management uh, information and accounting information of franchisees that either they don't realise or they don't bother asking for. And if they ask for that information, they may well see trouble on the horizon. So this is why it's important for everybody to um, sort of understand what we're getting into, which goes back to the point about, again, getting the lawyer to explain that to you. And if you're a franchisee and you're about to sign a franchise agreement, I mean, most franchisees will be advised by the franchisor to get a lawyer to advise them on the agreement. Okay. They don't all do it. And that means that they don't necessarily understand what they're getting into. Okay, because that was my next question. You know, is it then, you know, it's about booking time, you know, with yourselves or other, you know, uh, legal advice, et cetera, to, to kind of get that all set up in the beginning mm -hmm. and, and, and speak to you guys because then they can help, you know, you can help support them, um, make sure everything's, you know, ticked and crossed, et cetera. Um, in terms of, um, you know, like the disputes, I mean, you mentioned that there's been a, you know, a few. Um, what can you, are there any kind of ones that have been reoccurring or are they kind of, all slightly different ones that you've been encountering? 
So the disputes tend to be individual, tend to be fact sensitive. So you generally, every dispute can be slightly different. You do get a lot of disputes around um, misrepresentations. So you get a lot of issues arising in relation to franchisees claiming they've been missold by the franchisor. So that happens a lot. This is why it's really important for the franchisor to make sure that all the documents say things that are factually correct. And also to make sure that if they've got a sales team, that our sales team are on board with the fact that uh, they can't go out selling selling franchisees selling franchises based on porky pies because if those things that they're saying to these franchisees prove to be incorrect yeah. then that could come home to roost and you can have all these legal protections but you know it's not a quantum leap to get to a point where the franchise or franchisee's lawyer has found a, a way around all these documents and protections and all of a sudden the franchisor is, is facing a claim and quite often it's not just one claim either because you know generally the bit like buses franchisee disputes you know you don't really just get one quite often you get two or three so if you have a, a fair number of franchisees inevitably not everybody's going to be um hunky dory and, and happy as larry and it's not impossible if you get one that is not happy they'll then get two or three you know another one or two on board and also you've got two or three disgruntled franchisees and for a smaller franchise or having to deal with multiple attacks from multiple franchisees it's a big thing and that could yeah. well bring the whole thing crumbling down around them yeah yeah no um yeah i completely understand so it's definitely a lot to think about and it is obviously the time to think about these things um in terms of you know economics and 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 how the world is at the moment, what what do you think is going to happen in the next six months? Do you do you think you've got any ideas how how the franchising world is going to be? Uh, you know this you know this time next year even. I mean, there's always been the school of thought that franchising is recession proof on the basis that if there's a recession and people get laid off and get made redundant, then they then take that money and buy a franchise yep. and do that. So there's always been that school of thought, but. It's difficult. I mean, the factors we've got now as well is, is is energy prices. So that's going to affect people's desire to buy food and beverage franchises for interest. For, for example, you know, any business which requires a lot of energy and staff is going to be less attractive because it's difficult to get employees at the moment and retain them. And it's expensive because everybody wants to be paid through the nose. They want flexible work and all the rest of it. And energy is expensive. So I think the franchise, to my mind, the franchises that are likely to, to do better are franchises where you sort of, you don't use a great deal of energy. Maybe you can work from home. You don't need a, a, a you don't need a big premises. Uh, you don't need, a, you know, some sort of cafe or restaurant. And maybe you don't need a lot of employees. So there are a lot of what they call white collar franchises out there, which are sort of, you know, quasi professional franchises where you can just buy into it and pretty much work on your own, but you're not driving a van, you're going around with a laptop. Yeah. And uh, I think those will prove to be quite, um, quite, quite good because uh, the trouble with the man in the van type franchise is obviously you're into petrol then, aren't you? I know. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think the professional people who are looking for something to do if they got laid off or what have you, mm. I imagine those kind of businesses will do all right. But certainly 
my understanding is the market, you know, the food and beverage market is tricky at the moment because people that don't want to commit because it's a big outlay, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and with with what's happened over the last couple of years, you know, stop, start, stop, start and, and everything like that. I think it must be incredibly difficult for that, part, you know, that sector. Um, but then, you know, like you say, those, you know, like even education franchise opportunities where you can have your laptop and you can, you know, educate children, adults, etc. Those are the ones uh hopefully and you know you can see them you know surviving because like you say there's not too many things you know outside your control that you can still carry on um uh working basically so yeah. um yeah it, i think it's it's going to be an interesting you know six months 12 months mm -hmm. etc again um and i hope everyone sits tight and uh and and you know carries on as best as they can but um you know that you say the recession with franchising it always does kind of balance out and help um but yeah like you say energy prices petrol everything's going up so mm -hmm. it's a, a knock-on effect for all of us so, yeah um, we're gonna have to see aren't we uh, i mean the, and the, also there's a, there's a differential between is is it a good time to franchise a business versus is it a good well, and is it a good time to buy a franchise? So yeah. those are different questions, aren't they? Yeah. For different people, depending on what they're doing. So again, everything is different. And I guess, as you say, we'll have to just wait and see how things pan out. And, you know, different types of businesses rise at the top in, in different times, don't you? So the landscape will probably look different in 12 months. Yeah, well, we'll, say, well, we'll definitely have another conversation before then. Um, it's always a pleasure having a chat with you and and you in educating us and with the insights of the franchise legal world, etc. So thank you so much again um, to our listeners. Um, if anyone has any questions, please go to the virtual space. There's contact details on there and other information as well as website. So reach out to them um, about your burning questions. But thank you so much for today. And and I will speak to you soon. Yeah, nice to speak to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Franchise Show 247. For more information, please visit www.franchiseshow247.com. Want to feature in a future episode of the Franchise Show 247 podcast? Click on the link in the bio to find out how you can get involved.